Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Tampa Craze. My name is Charlotte. And my name is Nadia. I hope you guys had an awesome holiday season. We're in January now. It's the new year. We're ready to kickstart some positivity into 2022, which we so desperately need. Um, But before we get into the episode five and six recap, we do have some new contact information for you. Yeah, we have our Instagram. You can follow us at Tampa Craze. You can also shoot us an email at tampacraze at gmail.com. And we just created a TikTok account. We'll be adding content uh, very soon. Uh, We'll leave the link in the descriptions. Don't forget to rate us on your preferred podcasting platform. Spotify just came out with their rating feature for podcasts. So maybe you guys will utilize it. Give us some uh, good feedback. We look forward to hearing from you. And let's get on with recapping episodes five and six of Tampa Bay's. So episode four, it leaves us off on a very chaotic cliffhanger. Everyone's at the bar. It's girls night out. Uh, and then Haley and Summer, they have their conversation about uh, basically what it is that Summer is upset about regarding Brianna. And Haley, she pretty much just deflects and gets really defensive. Names get thrown around. Cuppy's name gets thrown out. Uh, I think Jordan's name got thrown out too. And so when episode five starts, we basically see what happens after the fact. And what we see is Haley throwing a drink at Marissa. Mm-hmm. We see Mel, right before she leaves the situation, she pretty much called Haley out on her immature behavior of throwing the drink. Yeah, that was some new information that we received at the beginning of episode five. It shows that uh, Mel had walked up to Haley and said, you know, throwing the drink is too much. Like, you need to relax. And Haley immediately gets so defensive and so awful. And she tells um, Mel, she goes, you know, I've heard a lot of things about you, so don't come at me. And obviously, Mel storms out because that's a low fucking blow. Like, Mm -hmm. that was just, like, so shady and so rude. Like, the lowest hanging fruit, and Haley just went for it. Um, I think, honestly... I don't believe that that is, like, Haley's true behavior. I think she is, like, so deeply influenced by Brianna and impressing Brianna and protecting Brianna that she does these super low-life things. Because, honestly, there's not a lot of her other behavior that would indicate that she is that kind of petty person. Yeah, exactly. And... I think she learns it from Brianna, and Brianna enables that behavior. Oh, 100%. Um, And speaking of Brianna, we also get a little um, extra from where episode four ends off, and we see Brianna actually when Summer, Marissa, and Cuppy are all huddled in the bathroom. Brianna's alleged, you know, quote-unquote hiding, um, and she slams open the stall door and literally shoves Olivia into the wall. She's got her phone out recording and she's like stumbling drunk. She's like, yeah, I heard everything. And, um, and something I thought was so funny about that portion of the scene, not just that Brianna was hiding in a toilet recording because how childish, but my favorite was Marissa's comeback. When Brianna starts walking towards the whole group, Marissa goes, what? 
Are you taking that video so you can post it on Instagram and get more followers? I know. Oh, my God. Marissa is really funny. Like, she's got great comebacks. Yeah. And, you know, what I want to really what I really want to talk about is like. We see Olivia's reaction getting pushed. I'm Mm -hmm. wondering what what went through her head in that exact moment. Yeah, because we get a talking head of her kind of justifying it. She's Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, Brianna was mad. You know, I'm not upset about it. But, like, I'm sorry. If my friend shoved me into a wall, like, I could guarantee you, okay, if I went out drinking with Justin and he was getting rowdy and shoved me into a wall, I would fucking fist fight. He's my best friend. I would fight him. Are you kidding me? Like, that's just not what friends do. And so I didn't really understand, like, I wouldn't fist fight Justin. I'm just kidding. But, like, I'd be pissed and Mm -hmm. I'd probably shove him back, to be honest. So, like, I don't understand why Olivia's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I love being pushed around by my best friend. Mm -hmm. Right. And then we see uh, Allie Nellie talking to Summer Marissa outside the bar. And they're trying... Summer and Marissa, they're trying to explain their beef to, uh, with Haley and Brianna to Allie and Nellie. Mm-hmm. Because Allie and Nellie, they're, they're mutual friends with pretty much everyone. Yeah. And I feel like everyone is in the situation where they have two, two sides of friends that are fighting and it's super awkward. Yeah, of course. But I feel like the situation's kind of unique. And I think we can speak to it too. But, um, like... Whenever there's accusations of, like, sexual harassment Mm -hmm. or assault in a friend group, like, I, we've seen it in our own lives. Like, you cut the person who was accused out because we believe survivors and we don't want to be associated with that kind of filth. Whereas on the show, they're like, oh, you know, oh, it's they haven't done anything wrong to us, so we're just going to be chill. It's like, okay, but you, Allie and Nellie, have already said you're, you know, loyal to Summer and Marissa. You're better friends with them. You've hung out with Brianna and Haley a few times, but you hear this accusation of assault or harassment, my first reaction would be like, damn, I'm glad that we did not hang out with Brianna and Haley more than a few times Mm -hmm. because that sounds like shit. Like, instead they were like, oh, I don't, you know, it's not fair to make us choose sides. But no, when it comes to a situation where someone's being harassed, like, you need to take the person who's being harassed's side. Especially if you're as good friends as you say you are with them. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like everyone's just kind of focusing on that. They're focusing more on the tension than what the tension was about. Yeah, exactly. The tension itself rather than the topic that has caused Mm -hmm. the tension. Yeah. They're responding to the response, not the subject. Exactly, yes. Um, But thankfully, you know, everyone... I guess parts ways at the end of the night it cuts to the next day uh Olivia and Mel are driving in the car I can't remember where they're going but they're in the car together and I think one of them gets a text from the group text oh yeah someone left the chat or someone got kicked off the chat yeah I think they were like oh someone left the chat someone got kicked off and it ends up Haley was texting their like big massive group you know social circle group text Mm -hmm. And she's like, 
you know, I've been in this relationship for six years and it's been nothing but attack. Everyone's been trying to attack and, you know, crumble down my relationship. And it, it was really telling of how Haley is enmeshed in the relationship because she isn't saying, oh, you're attacking my partner. She's made herself the relationship or she's made Murphy the relationship by saying, you're attacking my relationship. No one's attacking your relationship. They're attacking your partner's behavior. And while they're still in the car, we have Mel explaining to uh, Olivia that she doesn't like the way that Haley and Murphy treat everyone in the friend group. And she was saying that the text that Haley left, it wasn't an apology. It was more like an excuse. And she still hasn't apologized to the two moms that were brought along to hang out with all of them. Oh, yeah, the moms, all those poor, poor women. That is just such a sight to behold when you're supposed to have a good night. And uh, Nellie's mom, who speaks mostly Spanish, she doesn't, her English isn't her first language, but she knew exactly what was going on. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, everyone knows when there's a cat fight. Like, it's almost always over a partner. After we see Olivia and Mel in the car, it cuts over to Haley and Brianna's house. They're setting up for tie-dye. I feel like Haley's kind of like momming Brianna in a way, you know? Because she does all these little, like, activities and crafts at their house for them to do. She loves Brianna, and I feel like maybe her form of, like, affection is quality time. That's true. And she's trying so hard to connect with Brianna, but Brianna's just kind of like a brick wall, like... Yeah. It's not very mutual the way I see it. Mm-hmm. No, definitely for sure. So after a tie day, they're basically just projecting the whole time they're having that conversation about what happened at the bar. Honestly, like, I think Haley says something like, I feel like she's referencing Summer and Marissa and she says, I feel like they're so used to their partner controlling them and that's just not us. And when she said that, my jaw freaking dropped. Like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Are you joking? Literally, Bri- the only thing Brianna knows is control. So, like, what are you going on about? And Brianna throws out, like, some absolute bullshit about Jordan cheating on all her girlfriends and how they're not good people and Jordan's cheating on Marissa Um You know, all these things that are just, like, completely made up. And Brianna says, Cuppy ain't the only one. Um, And we'll get back to that fact about the thing that Haley had said about Cuppy in the club later. Because it happens later in this episode. But, like, it sounds so just, like, pulled out from the recesses of your mind. Like, it doesn't feel like a genuine admission of guilt or wrongdoing yeah exactly well it doesn't sound like a genuine admission of like something that she's witnessed or experienced or actually heard like it sounds like she's on a roll talking and then she just throws that in to make matters worse do you know what i mean yeah you know it's super frustrating if we compare Like, Summer and Marissa's statements against Brianna versus Brianna's statements against Summer and Marissa. Summer and Marissa's statements do not have any kind of, like, 
they always have something to support what they're saying. Either actions that we can actually see on the TV from Brianna or multiple people who can support what they're saying about Brianna. Whereas Brianna and Haley, when they start throwing things out, like Haley saying Cuppy cheated with Marissa at the beginning of Summer and Marissa's relationship, um, Brianna saying that Jordan's cheating with Marissa, there's they there's no evidence, you know? And it doesn't, like, why do they expect people to believe what they're saying when they don't have even another person outside of their little couplehood to support those accusations like it really frustrates me because Brianna just lies and then is like I'm not the drama everyone else is the drama even though I make up things that I have never said or never even heard or experienced and I laugh about it yeah and they're just so impulsive with what they say mm-hmm. and they'll say the meanest things to their friends and then like Later, they're like, oh, I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. She didn't mean or that. Or no, Haley has to go back yeah. and say, she didn't mean that that way. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. After that whole fiasco with Haley and Brianna just lying to each other in their own house about the situation, um, we go to a rooftop bar with Cuppy, Shiva, Olivia, Mel, and Ali and Nelly. And... They Of course, they talk about the fight. Allie and Nellie talk about, you know, the moms. And I think Nellie says that her mom knew enough English to understand that someone was accusing someone else of cheating. Um, oh, and Mel tells everyone about what Haley said to her, that I know about your past, so don't come at me. Um, and Cuppy goes out to say that Haley was just throwing out names in order to distract from the problem at hand, which I really think that that's the only reaction that Haley and Brianna know what to do Mm -hmm. when they're backed into a corner. Right, They just lie, 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 yell, 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 accuse, accuse, run away. You know, Cubby did say, you know, it was like a mouse backed in a corner like a snake. And she was like, oh, I didn't mean snake, but I think she meant snake. Like, let's be honest. Like, that is pretty snaky of Haley. Mm -hmm. Are you like everything she did at that club was so like skeevy and gross and just not a good look. It doesn't make like that behavior does not make her look credible at all. Shortly after. Cuppy, Olivia, Haley, and Brianna, they meet up at this, like, really, like, rural shooting range where Cuppy, she hopes to basically talk to Haley about what had happened at the bar. Mm-hmm. I think Cuppy said she, like, wanted to, like, place down some boundaries because mm-hmm. she was super upset by how she was, you know, unwillingly brought into the drama. Um, so I am glad that someone's going to talk some sense into Haley. And what I'm really glad is that Cuppy made the right decision to have this at a place where there's no alcohol. Like, the shooting range is basically, like, a non, a non-drunk, chaotic Yeah, thing. exactly. You can't really be drunk handling yeah, firearms. Because a lot, of, a lot of their fighting happens after drinking. And I think without the alcohol, 
um, hopefully people will have more of a filter without impulsively saying something awful. Yeah, that's true. I'm kind of glad neither of us are big drinkers. It feels I, like a waste <laughs> of money well, and I mean, calories. <laughs> I have social anxiety, so I can't really hang out at bars. Yeah. And I'm also like a lightweight drinker. So two drinks and I'm like out. I'm asleep. That's true. I have like a three drink max before I start, you know, stumbling and getting loose. So... At least yeah. we have our shit together a little bit better than the rest of the cast. I don't know about that, but um, uh, so surprisingly, like some of them are really good at shooting guns. Oh, yeah. I Well, it sounds like Brianna has shot guns before, which, okay, I feel like Brianna came from a Republican family. Do you get that vibe? Um, I, I, I don't want to like... Her parents have not voted blue in the last 20 years or something. That's the vibe I get. I don't know about that. I mean, they're from Florida, so maybe... No, I, I think her parents are from the East Coast. Oh, yeah. Her mom is like Brooklyn. From Brooklyn, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't want to like make any assumptions on her family because we haven't met her family yet. But I think Brianna does go to shooting ranges just as like a hobby. I'm not sure if she said that before. I don't think she says that, but it does seem like something she would do. Yeah, yeah, Target definitely. practice. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we get this whole, like, B-roll of them shooting these clay pigeons and, you know, they're doing their thing. And then afterwards, um, while I think Olivia and... No, Olivia and Brianna, they go to you know, just pick up all the shells left over from shooting. Yeah, so that Cuppy and Haley can talk. Yes. And so Cuppy tells Haley that she was super upset about her name being thrown out. Um, and she tells her that she doesn't want it to happen again. And mm-hmm. I really, I thought that was such a good example of boundary setting mm-hmm. because you point out the thing that was wrong mm-hmm. and you tell them your expectation for the future. Right. And that way there's no way that that person can misinterpret your boundary. I think that was like so very emotionally and mentally mature of Cuppy. And I'm kind of glad that she sort of held Haley's feet to the Mm -hmm. fire in that sense. Right. And I'm really glad that they kept that group very small at the shooting range because they wouldn't, would have been a much different scenario had they invited more people. Oh my God, completely. But I guess with the small group, of people it also meant that like Haley probably felt a little bit more open in telling her side and she ends up telling Cuppy you know I'm really sorry I shouldn't have done that I was just trying to think of something Mm -hmm. to get under Summer's skin she said I am trying I was trying to think of something to get under Summer's skin meaning calling Cuppy's name and saying that Cuppy cheated with Marissa was a lie in that moment so that Haley could bother Summer and escape the situation. Right. Like, it was a complete lie. Mm-hmm. Like, she essentially admits it. I lied. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do it again. Okay, cool. Don't do it again. But I'm so glad that you admitted that it was a lie because do you remember, I think it was, like, way back, episode two maybe, where... um. You know, Haley had sent that text to Summer and then Marissa respond, like sent one to Brianna and said, you know, you need to, um, you know, watch your bitch or I'm going to tell some tell Haley why Summer doesn't fuck with you. And Brianna said, what? Um, 
Marissa wasn't lying in that situation. She said, I said nothing back to that because I wanted Brianna to think about all the times that she has hit on my girlfriend and made her uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Whereas this time with Haley, she's saying, she's not saying I want her to think about things she's done. She's saying I wanted to say something false to bother her. Exactly. And that's the difference between Summer and Marissa and Brianna and Haley. And after that conversation between Cuppy and Haley, we finally get to see more of Shiva. So Shiva, she meets up with Jordan, Olivia, and Reed at this bar. Now, Shiva, she's been getting all these mixed signals from Reed. Reed has been, like, pretty flirtatious with her. And Shiva, she goes up to Olivia and she's like, hey, I need you to help me to, like, feel the vibe and, like, tell me if you see what I'm seeing because I don't know what to do with this. Yeah, honestly. And I think Shiva ends up directly asking Reed if she's straight. I think Reed was, like, trying to, like, make conversation about, like, global warming or something. And she was like, no, 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 baby. No, no. Like, we're going to talk about something else. And so Shiva just, like, kind of straight up asks Reed if she's straight. And Reed's like, yeah, like, straight, period. Mm -hmm. And then Shiva asks if she has a boyfriend. Yes, she does. Of a whole year. She has been dating a man for a whole year. And she's sitting here texting and flirting with our dear little Shiva. That's not nice, Reed. Yeah, and so, like, Shiva, she's, like, sitting down at the table, just, like, upset, of course. Uh, Olivia goes up, she's like, all right, so what's up? And she was like, dude, she has a boyfriend. But do not go up to Reed and be confrontational with her. Oh and my what God. does Olivia do? The first thing she does, walks up. She goes, I'm getting the scoop. And then I think she was like, don't do it. And she's like, no, no, I like this scoop. And so Olivia inserting herself where she does not need to be, as she has shown, she's very good at throughout this whole season. She's like, so, uh, yeah, Reed, you got a boyfriend? And Reed's just sitting there like stewing silently like she's super pissed i think you can see her leg jiggling and everything she is so mad that olivia was pretty much crossing boundaries that was out of pocket that was out of pocket i felt so much secondhand embarrassment for shiva like oh my god she directly told her not to do that and And then she goes and immediately does it like doesn't even try to be slick about it yeah and then that just pretty much scares reed off like away and then oh a hundred percent reed goes off and she was just like all right Whatever, yeah. Yeah. You know, I got, you guys are never going to believe this, inside source. I will not reveal who, but I have an inside source who told me that the day that the show premiered on Amazon Prime, Reed blocked almost every single cast member on the show. I think out of embarrassment. Yeah, but also, I mean, she wouldn't want, like, viewers to find her profile and, like, harass her and be like, why did you do this to Shiva, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that is true. And before the episode ends, Shiva and Jordan are in the car, and I think Shiva ends up calling Reed, right? They're in the car, and Shiva... Either Reed calls her or Shiva calls Reed. But regardless, Reed ends up, like, admitting wrongdoing. Mm -hmm. She was like... What I did was wrong. I know. I'm sorry. And then they, like, it actually sounds like a friendly goodbye, but I don't think anything, you know, is progressing with that, especially given the result that we know now that Reed has blocked most of the people from the show. Mm-hmm. So, um, peace out, Reed. We're happy to see you 
leave Arshiva alone, or rather we're happy to see the situationship between Shiva and Reed end in a healthy way, no hard feelings, and a story. Everyone can move on. Yes, exactly. I kind of love how she, I love, first, yay Shiva, no more straight girls, thank you for saying that, good for you, great step forward, um, and it was kind of funny how she like wingmanned herself on the show. Mm-hmm. She's like, if you want to follow me at Shiva Pishdad. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't miss an opportunity. Finally, at the end of the episode, um, Summer and Marissa meet up with Ali and Nellie at some rooftop bar. Yeah, some rooftop bar, some restaurant lounge or something, and I think they go to discuss the situation between, you know, Brianna and Summer and how Allie and Nellie's friendship with Summer and Marissa is affected by the, their, Allie and Nellie's relationship with Brianna and Haley as well. Um, and I, I think either Allie or Nellie ended up saying, you know, you kind of put us in an ultimatum, but I, I don't really think it's an ultimatum. Right, yeah, like, Marissa made a very good point that it's a very specific situation where, you know, like, Summer's being harassed by these two people, mm-hmm. Brianna and Haley, mm-hmm. and if it were, if it were Allie and Nellie being harassed by a mutual friend, Summer and Marissa, they would choose Haley, uh, sorry, they would choose Allie and Nellie over that yeah. friend being out like out of pocket. Yeah, it wouldn't even be, I think Marissa said it wouldn't even be a conversation. Right. That Allie and Nellie would have Summer and Marissa's support. So I do understand their kind of irritation with Allie and Nellie. On the flip side, I also can kind of understand the perspective where you're like, I've hung out with these people independently like maybe two or three times and there's no issue like this feels like a drastic step like I can't understand how Ali and Nellie see that but ultimately my perspective is that you know if your friends are being bullied or harassed by other people that you're hanging out with stop hanging out with the other people until the situation stop like resolves itself yeah you know and I I mean I used to be in this big friend group and there have, been, there have been times where, like, someone went out with someone, they broke up, and then, like, someone dated their ex. Yeah. And it's just, you have to look at the, not just the big picture, but, like, the very specific thing mm-hmm. that is the issue. Yeah. Because it is case by case. And Absolutely. in this case, sexual harassment should not be tolerated. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I kind of don't like, yeah, I don't like how Ali and Ellie kind of called it an ultimatum. And I don't think Summer liked it much either because she ended up, you know, getting upset, walking out of the restaurant. And that's kind of where episode five ended. Yeah, I mean, understandably. Yeah. Um, So we will get on with episode six in just a moment. And hopefully we can shed some more light on the situation between Summer and Marissa, Allie and Nellie, all those good things. We'll be back in just a second. So we open up episode six and we get more screen time with Mel. And Mel, she's a little upset that she hasn't been able to spend as much time with Olivia as before. And the reason why is because Olivia's in this new relationship. Yeah. And understandably, Olivia's spending a lot of time with her, well, her uh, 
significant, I don't know if I would say significant other because they haven't defined it by now, but she's spending a lot of time with Amanda. Yeah. And, like, the only time Olivia ever hits up Mel anymore is when she needs help with any, anything. Yeah. And in this case, she needs help driving around, dropping off resumes. Yeah, that's true. It seems like it's turned into, like, a friendship of convenience for Olivia. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I also know how absolutely obsessed you can be with the other person when you just start a new relationship. Like, I think when we started dating, I didn't talk to, like, any of my friends for, like, two months because I was, like, so focused on you and establishing that relationship and, like, kind of creating a base, so to speak. So I kind of get it. It's not the nicest thing. Obviously, I've done it, so I do not nice things. But Yeah, I mean, there's two sides of this. On the one hand, yes, Mel is valid for feeling sad about not spending enough time with her friend Olivia. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, Olivia has a new partner. Yeah. And it's not unusual to spend more time with a partner than it is with a friend. Yeah. It's just kind of, like... Uh, it's just a weird situation yeah. and it's good that they do have that conversation that mm-hmm. Mel brings it up to Olivia because yeah. you know Olivia probably wasn't as aware of that as Mel was mm-hmm. and I do think that I didn't the dynamic of Olivia like requesting time from Mel in order to do something that really only benefits Olivia I think within that context it is a little bit of a selfish move on Olivia's part. Maybe not selfish, but just not really, like... Maybe she just hasn't realized... Like, it just wasn't, like, well thought out, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, there's just not a lot of forethought to Olivia's thought process in that regard. And I think Mel goes on to mention that it's kind of wearing at her mental health a bit. I think she said she had, like a panic attack one day and really needed, you know, Olivia's support. Cause it seems like Mel lives alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so she contacted Olivia saying, you know, I'm panicking, blah, blah, blah. And Olivia just like, wasn't there for her. And I can kind of identify with that, even though this is like a best friend situation. I kind of, I do understand that because I was like sort of dating this girl, my friend, first year of like university which wasn't my first year university I transferred so it was my first year at a university and it was super traumatic I had a lot of anxiety and you know it was like my second or third day of classes and I texted this girl that I was seeing down home and I was like I am panicking I really need your support can you please call me when you're out of your classes she went to a different university down south And I waited all night, waited and waited and waited and waited and waited. And it wasn't until about 1030 or 11 p.m. that day that I finally texted the girl and I was like, you know, I really needed you today and you didn't even bother to even respond to my text and say, I'm so sorry, I'll call you tomorrow, whatever. Her response I was making new friends in my classes. I thought I'd, I thought you'd be happy for me. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of understand how Mel is feeling regarding the Olivia situation, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and to add to that, 
Olivia doesn't have a vehicle and she can't really drive right now. Mm-hmm. And so even if Olivia wanted to be there for her, she can't physically yeah, be there exactly. for her. I mean, but like, they, why isn't she asking Amanda to drive her? If she's so intensely obsessed with Amanda mm-hmm. at this point, why isn't she asking Amanda? Right, yeah. They're definitely in that honeymoon phase where they're hyper-focused on each other. Uh-huh. And not being a burden to each other. Maybe that's why she didn't ask Amanda. Because mm-hmm. she's like, oh, I don't want to put this on Amanda's plate. Hang on, I have Mal. Maybe she'll do this. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's like, oh, maybe she'll do this because I don't want to ask Amanda because I, you know, blah, blah, blah. I think it's a subconscious thing, you know? Yeah. Um. But anyway... Sticking on the Mel train, actually, the next scene cuts over with uh, Summer and Marissa showing up to Mel's house. Um, Actually, forgive me, we see Summer and Marissa first at, I think, in Greek town in Tampa, um, getting food, and they're just discussing the house renovations. Their house is still not fixed, poor things. Um, This is where we get a really good inkling of what Marissa's future plans are, because she says in her talking head, I'm going to propose to Summer. Um, So that's, you know, a ball that's been put into play now. But obviously, we're going to be addressing that later in the season. We see after, I think it's after they go to Greek Town, they go straight to Mel's house. And Mel's getting ready to take photos of them because she is making a painting for a Pride exposition in St. Pete. And she's asked Summer and Marissa to model. And so they show up and they're joking about the lingerie that's hung up on a clothing rack. And um, they're just hanging out waiting for Mel to take pictures of them. And they get going and it seems like a cute little time. And to Summer and to Marissa's relief, they're not full nude, like nipple in front of the camera. <laughs> it's just very, it's very tasteful. Covered. Naked, but covered. And after that tasteful photo shoot with Mel, we get to learn a lot more about Mac and Haley and their religious upbringing. So Brianna, Haley, and Mac meet up at this like gym slash like sports center. Mm-hmm. And Mac introduces them to her brother that mm-hmm. they recently just met. Yeah, I think Mac had known that he like existed throughout her growing up, but he had no idea that she existed. And then I think they like, she messaged him on Facebook or something one day and she called him. Oh, she called him and was like, like, Hey, I'm your sister. (laughs) And he was like, what on God's earth is happening? But now they're like, they have a good relationship and they really look alike. They look alike and they're very similar in personality. Like they're both super Christian and, like, yeah. very, like, posy vibes. Uh-huh. That kind of deal. Yeah, I do. I will say, you know, I ragged on um, Mac for, you know, saying chill vibes, but when she was, like, freaking out. But I really, I act, I'm going to, I'm going to walk that statement back a little bit. I do believe that Mac probably is, like, super chill vibes because she gave me that kind of vibe in this scene where mm-hmm. she was just, like, she just seemed like a kind of relaxed person. I just think, you know, in the car fight in the beginning of the season, it just like hit a nerve with her and pissed yeah, her off. Yeah, I mean, her nerve. I mean, I'm sure she's just the type of person to be very defensive over her friends. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. she just wanted to get <clears throat> uh, their back. Yeah. And I get that. Yeah. So it was nice to learn a bit more about Mac and her background because who would have thought, you know, one of the cast members had a mystery brother that they met as an adult. 
Yeah, and we learn a lot more about like their relationship with religion because I'm not sure how religious the other cast members are, but mm-hmm. you know, like it is there is something to be said about gay people who also happen to be Christian because not all gay people are anti church absolutely i think max said that her religion is extremely important to her Mm -hmm. um and she feels that christian people in the lgbtq community are judged more harshly Mm -hmm. when i first heard that i was like nah shut up like stop complaining but then i i thought back and i was like yeah what i just did was exactly what she was saying so Mm -hmm. i need to keep my mouth shut yeah and um in the car ride after the... Or was it before or after the gym? The well, car ride. I, the car ride was heading to lunch with the brother. Right. And Haley, uh, she talks about basically her relationship with the church and how after people found out that she was gay, she felt like she lost that community she had with the church because she was very involved with the church. She was like in the choir and all that. Yeah. And... It, I understand where she's coming from, like how she had this really strong community and just one little thing changes everything and she just kind of felt lost. And of course, she kind of has that resentment towards religion because of that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I can speak to a similar experience for sure. Yeah. Um, and that did kind of like, that hit home for Mac too, mm-hmm. because like Mac, her being very, you know, religious, she... She found that upsetting because, you know, for her, religion is important. And I'm sure Mac knew that Haley still wanted that, like, community with the church and needed a way back into that to get that support that she needed or that she once had. Yeah. And Mac is very kind enough to look into a very LGBT-friendly church for her. Yeah, I think when they sit down with Mac's brother for lunch, Mac talks about trying to find an LGBT-friendly church. Mm -hmm. Um, and I will say there are quite a number of churches in America, at least, who are very accepting of LGBTQ people, um, if not on an official level, then definitely on like a micro level, like church by church. Because, um, when I was a teenager, I used to attend United Methodist Church and United Methodist I know in the South, it's a very different culture within United Methodism, but on the West Coast, the United Methodists are like probably the most liberal of the, um, you know, church sects that you can find outside of like universal Unitarianism. So on an official level, the overarching United Methodist organization had like decreed that they didn't technically accept I think it was either they don't approve of gay marriage or they don't approve of LGBT folk joining the clergy I can't remember what that what it was but in reality my United Methodist Church even though it is under that overarching umbrella had many 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 gay families in it gay couples um So there are churches who are open in that sense. If you're ever, you know, if you miss your community and you miss being with people, you will probably be able to find another community within the same 
category that will end up accepting you. Right. And then Haley goes to talk more about it in her talking head about her losing that community from the church after being after either coming out or being outed or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's crying and Brianna's not being very like warm oh my god not at all she doesn't even turn like Haley starts crying about her relationship with the church and brianna doesn't even look over at her there's a part right before the scene changes where Haley has like her head in her hands or something and you can see her eyes literally look over to brianna like i really need support right now and brianna's just like either stirring her drink or like eating or something and not even like realizing that her girlfriend is like giving subtle body signals that she needs you know to be held essentially in a way Mm -hmm. to be held to be supported um and that was actually really kind of painful for me to watch it it just speaks to brianna's lack of emotional intelligence um and it makes you feel a lot more for Haley. Yeah, it definitely does, because as the season goes on, there's just more and more and more scenes where we can definitively say, you know, Haley deserves to be treated better than this by Brianna. So after Mac and Haley talk about finding another church, um, we see Mel and Cuppy. They're either at Mel's house or Cuppy's house. I think they're at Mel's house because Cuppy was surprised by the presence of a dog and a cat. Oh, yeah. So it's definitely Mel's house. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was more, it was just kind of like a little scene where there was a chance for both of them to talk about their mental health and kind of bring awareness mm-hmm. to the fact that they have issues with mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a good, you know, public service announcement. Um, from Mel and Cuppy, so to speak. Um, I really like how open they are about their anxiety and depression. Oh, absolutely. A lot of people are afraid of it. I mean, like, it's just one of those things where people are like, get, always ask for help, this and that, but people never ask for help for themselves. Exactly. Like, you're always encouraging people to go to therapy, but what about you? You know, you gotta take care of yourself. Yeah. And we learn a little bit more, I think they go out to lunch and we learn a bit more about Mel and Cuppy's background. Apparently, Mel got expelled from school in seventh grade for having drugs and a weapon. Turns out she liked to smoke weed and would cut blunts open with a box cutter, which is like, okay, that's logical. But anyway, she got nailed for it, probably because she is like brown. Like, is Mel brown? I don't know. I don't think we meet her parents. No, we don't. So we don't really know her background. Yeah, we don't know her ethnic background, and I really don't want to make you know, assumptions based on her skin tone presentation and stuff. But, um, you know, regardless, she got caught for her behavior when she was younger, um, in and out of group homes, rehab. Um, and Cuppy essentially says, like, we were the same person. I just didn't get caught. Yeah, and, and they dated the same person. At, well, not at the same time, but, like, they yeah. both have the same ex yeah they have the same ex and um they both got dumped by that ex in very similar manners and cuppy essentially said that she used to not talk to mel at all because of the lies that that ex Mm -hmm. had told cuppy about mel and like look at them now yeah they're like chatting having drinks out at lunch they were basically 
I don't want to say trauma bonding, but they were bonding over very similar Over shared trauma. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of bonding, we see um, all the group minus Brianna, Haley, Summer, Marissa meet up at this like adventure course. Yeah, like, like a little climbing adventure course. Yeah. And um, it's just like a casual good time. Everyone seems to have fun. Yeah, it was planned because they wanted to hang out without having any tension or drama. Yeah, and it it seems to have worked. Yeah. It was a successful day out. So good for that. Except for Shiva getting stuck. Yeah. Or Shiva got stuck in the middle of that uh, zip line thing. Yeah, but she got got, saved. Yeah, she got rescued. Mm -hmm. So all's well. So we finally see Haley like taking baby steps back into church kind of yeah i mean Haley and mac go and check out an lgbt affirming church and they sit down with the pastor um before they end up talking to the pastor we get a talking head with Haley, um and she talks about how uh when she came out she had to leave her house her parents kicked her out she ended up being homeless and became you know very suicidal because she lost her family her community you know her sense of worth I guess everything everything and um my heart really went out to Haley then I I really I don't despise I don't hate Haley I I only hate Brianna because she reflects the personalities of all of the people who were so awful to me in my own life like, and it's very easy for me to point out those things. I more just feel, like, bad for Haley because she seems like a really good person who deserves a lot better than what she's being given. And my only hope is that regardless of who she's with, I hope that she ends up finding actual, genuine, like, comfort solidity and happiness in her relationships whether Brianna magically changes her personality or you know they Haley up. goes off to find someone who um will treat her the way she deserves to be treated yeah I think ultimately Haley needs therapy to oh my. work out all of that all yes. of her negative past and current toxicity uh-huh and I think her visit to the church ended up being a very positive impact on her. I think she kind of got what she needed to hear from the pastor. Yeah. At first, she was telling the pastor that she had, like, a really bad history with the church. Um, and she made a point that, you know, the church says you can commit the worst crimes in the world, but as long as you accept mm-hmm. God and Jesus, you will be forgiven. But being gay is something that is just completely unforgivable, which it it that's the contradiction that really made me kind of turn away from Christianity was how the in our area, particularly, we have a lot of non-denominational churches, mega churches that are essentially just like. Honestly, like money laundering slash tax evasion schemes because the people who run the churches have not been to seminary. They are not technically qualified if they're going to be teaching the Bible to a ton of people. Like they don't have the education behind it usually. And um, because of that, the things that you learn throughout getting your MDiv, 
your master's in divination. So I only know this because I have friends who are like in religious studies and stuff. But before you, like when you get your MDiv, you learn so much about the history, the context in which the Bible was written, the um, geography and sociocultural backgrounds in the Bible. And when you don't go to seminary and you're just, just teach the Bible of, you know, from your own perceptions and your own beliefs, a lot of stuff gets like super mixed up and, you know, it's just not accurate and you end up turning people yeah. away just like Haley ended up being rejected from you know her church mm-hmm. sorry for that little you know aside but I'm very passionate about religion and religious studies my my background is studying the history of the Christian church so it's something I'm very very particular about I will say though the pastor at that church he seemed very welcoming and understanding and he said all the right things and I'm glad that he pointed out that church has been a really bad representation of like the bible and has been used as a tool to hurt people and he said that like she may have been rejected by her church members but she she was never rejected by god yeah and honest like she started crying and I started crying a little bit because I mean, it hit a little bit of my own religious trauma, so I, I really felt for Haley in that moment, and I think what the pastor said, like, she really needed to hear, yeah. you know, it really affected her. I think she felt very validated afterwards, and uh, I think that's what she needed. Absolutely, absolutely. I hope I hope that was a very healing meeting for Haley. Perhaps she'll find some more purpose in herself and her life after and some that. And peace. Yeah, exactly. Um... We end up going back to Brianna and Haley's house. And this is actually where I feel like most of the dramatic parts in this episode were because just the way that Brianna was speaking to Haley in this situation. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, Haley, I felt was being very clear in her communication, her wants and needs and her expectations and like her vision for their relationship. Mm-hmm. And she was like saying X, Y, Z. And Brianna was like, mm, no, nah. shut her down at every single corner. Sorry about the barking in the back. That's our little mascot bean. A little chihuahua. Yeah. She's, she's hungies. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but don't worry. She's being fed um, <laughs> by a family member right now. Uh, but yeah, Haley said she's always wanted kids. Mm-hmm. And Brianna, she's already said she doesn't want to get married, so it's hard to not see how she also doesn't want kids. Yeah, I think Haley was like, "I wanted to have kids young," and Brianna responds with, "Well, you're getting up there." Ooh, like you do not say that like, to a girlfriend or a wife. Like, no, no, I wouldn't even say that to a friend. No, no. Oh my goodness. Haley explains in the talking head portion around this scene that she's developed a pattern of thinking where she's always having to make sure that other people are happy with what she's doing or approve of her activities. I, the more and more this episode went on, the more and more I actually really identified with Haley because I have been through those same thought patterns for ages and it's only until I, you know, became a you know had my quarter life crisis that I you know started addressing the way I thought and the way that it was not only affecting me but 
the way I function in relationships. Right. And I think in Haley's case, that is a direct result of her being rejected by everyone she knew when she was a kid. Oh, absolutely. I think Haley is really dealing with a lot of abandonment and rejection trauma, which I can attest to in my own personal life. So the reason I get so intense about analyzing Haley and Brianna's scenes is because I really do see myself on screen when Haley is being essentially like emotionally neglected by Brianna. Like I really do see myself and it, it, it frustrates me because, because I've been through it, I can parse it out and tell you exactly what's happening. And there's just no way for her to a hear me because she, you know, who the fuck am I? And B, like, there's just, you can't tell someone what's going wrong unless they're willing to hear it. And Haley throughout the season has shown that she's just unwilling to hear anything that's even remotely negative, not even about her, but about people she's associated with. Because that would mean she would have to lose everything again. Yes. And I think that's why she's clinging on so hard. That's a really good point that you made. She is, you know, that would be her losing everything again. And Brianna, she says, I think during the talking head that she helped pull her out of her depression. Did she though? I don't know. I don't think she helped pull her out of her depression. What I think happened is that it became an intense obsession and I'm speaking from the way that my brain worked before you know when I was still dealing with my own abandonment trauma it turned into like an obsession that she always has to make this person happy she has to make sure this person approves of her she has to make sure that this person doesn't hate her and I think because of her abandonment and rejection issues that has become her full-time job Mm -hmm. is protecting the image of Brianna that she has in her own head because to question that would mean to break her own heart. And circling back to Haley, talking about like her basically future goals for the relationship, uh, Brianna, she kind of goes on the fence and says she she doesn't want to get married because she's afraid of divorce. And that definitely stems from her parents getting divorced. Yeah. And it's weird because there are times where she said that her parents being divorced didn't affect her and then she's saying she doesn't want to end up like her parents exactly so I don't even think Brianna understands how to identify with her own like to match her emotions with her actions I just I don't think her she's capable of having that type of knowledge I think it's two things I I genuinely believe that her parents getting divorced did kind of mess her up a bit and Mm -hmm. gave her these negative connotations with marriage but I also think she also doesn't want to get married just because she doesn't feel the same for Haley. Yeah. Ultimately, I think that's what comes down to it is that I think Brianna loves the entertainment of having Haley jump through hoops to keep the attention, you know, keep Brianna's attention and to coddle her and baby her and take care of her so that Brianna has to be with her. Um, I think that's something that, that, Brianna finds enjoyable. And what's really messed up is that during this entire conversation, uh, Haley is like, you know, I might just have to end up being the one to propose. Yes. And the way Brianna responds is really weird. Apparently, Haley was the one that asked Brianna to be her girlfriend. 
So from the start, Haley has been actively pursuing Brianna, like intensely. So really the energy of the relationship is coming from Haley's desire to be accepted by Brianna, essentially. And it's like you have Brianna like in control of the relationship Mm -hmm. and then you have Haley pulling a lot of the weight in mm-hmm. the relationship like, in her attempt to control it back you know or just be a couple you know yeah so effectively yeah you know Haley pursued brianna and asked her to be her girlfriend so she's saying i'm gonna have to propose to you just like i asked you to be my girlfriend um and it's i mean it's very clear Haley's the one who's pursuing and has been pursuing for the past six years meanwhile brianna's been continually rejecting her in the relationship invalidating her feelings there's very little physical affection um verbal rejection by teasing her or hitting her weak spots or you know topics that she really is sensitive about on purpose and then saying oh you're overreacting hello gaslight hello gaslight hi that's so wrong are you kidding me what really made me upset is after Haley like and in, in, like entertained the idea of her getting down on one knee and proposing mm-hmm. Brianna's like oh we can't have that yeah she's like we don't want that no 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 mm-hmm. could you could you imagine your partner saying I don't want you to propose to me please do not yeah I it's why the power, it's a power dynamic for yeah. them. Why why be in a relationship? Why? What's the point if you're with someone who's like literally don't even entertain that idea? Mm-hmm. I just the more and more this season goes on, like the more my heart breaks for Haley. It's really painful for me. The episode ends kind of with a juxtaposition to the relationship problems that Haley and Brianna are having with. Marissa, I think she's, like, just emotionally preparing for the proposal, which I think is going to happen in either episode seven or eight, but we're going to address that next week. Yeah, I mean, it is ironic. You have on one end, like, Marissa talking about her planning a proposal, and then other end, you have a couple who can't agree if they want to get married. Exactly. Real quick, before we conclude our episode, do you want to do... FAMAC! We forgot about FAMAC! We have to do FAMAC. Okay. What was it? Fuck, marry, avoid at any and all costs. Nadia, this week, episodes five and six. Who is in your FAMAC? Hmm. All right. The first one is easy. Avoid at any and all costs. Brianna. It's never gonna change. Um, Mary. Hmm. Maybe Mary, maybe Mary Allie just for her eyebrows. And oh my jawline. god, yes. And then F, hmm. And for F, you know what? I'm gonna say Jordan because recently she got a new hairstyle and it looks so good on her. I'm not sure if any of you follow her on Instagram, but I think she got box braids or something and they look stunning on she her. looks so good she's gotten some blonde braided into them too it's really cute mm-hmm. i think she looks so good with braided hair yeah so definitely f jordan mary Allie for her eyebrows and <laughs> jawline <laughs> and then just avoid uh, any and all costs brianna okay me for mac charlotte's for mac 
Okay, F, going back to Shiva. I'm sorry, Nadia. I'm not surprised at all anymore. I know. Shiva, Shiva just seems like too much of a good time. She seems like so freaking chill. Like, I just like, who wouldn't want to hang out? Like, you know, and then just be done. Why did you do the club? <laughs> yeah. Why did I you do the not. club? I'm so sorry. I will never do that ever again. Ew. Okay, now I feel gross. No, we're cutting that part. I'm sorry. I'm um, and, and holding it against no, you. No, don't. Um, <laughs> Who are you going to okay. marry? <laughs> marry. I'm going to marry. I'm marrying Mel. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. My ideal life is to do nothing but sit in my house, drink, smoke, and paint. That's all I want in life, and Mel's out doing it. So I'm going to marry Mel, and we can live our best lives as artist wives. Ha, ha, ha. Not to mention, earlier in the episode, she made what looked like a really good charcuterie board. Oh, my God, yeah. No, I think she ordered that from a company, oh, right. <laughs> but you will have that in your life. Yes, I will, if I marry Mel, which, I mean, I'm one not One can pick. dream. Yeah, one can dream, obviously. I've got, this, I hate this segment. This is awful. <laughs> I mean, it's just all theoretical. <laughs> Obviously, last but not least, avoid at any and all costs, Brianna Murphy. Yeah. Just, I, just period, end of story. Mm-hmm. The She's source of all toxicity. A walking red flag with death behind her eyes. Just, mm, mm, no. Sorry, but no. So that's it for our podcast today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening. We really appreciate your continued patience and support as we have struggled to get these episodes out on time. Um, I hope that next week's episode will be a little bit more upbeat, a little bit more peppy. Um, Five and six were kind of, you know, they were pretty somber, serious episodes, so... Unfortunately, it's not as fun and, you know, clap backy as we usually are. But next week, that's going to change. And we are super looking forward to you guys tuning in again. Don't forget to uh, follow, rate, subscribe. We're on Instagram at Tampa Craze. We are on TikTok without any content right now at Tampa Craze. Or you can contact us with suggestions, Um you know, shout out requests, anything you want at tampacraze at gmail.com. We'll see you guys next week with our last two episode recaps. And we're super looking forward to it. Can't wait to see you guys. Bye. Bye.